This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Turn with me to the book of Philippians, uh, chapter 3. And I will continue on this topic that that I taught, I guess, a few Sundays ago. And it's still in the same vein of preparation to be used by God. But in this sense, um, partakers of His sufferings. And we're going to get into some things on this evening, hopefully, in dealing with this topic. Again, preparation to be used up by God. And that's what we've been talking about for the longest here um, in this ministry. We're being prepared to be used by God. Preparation is a choice. In my uh, segment of this, we're going to talk about partakers of his sufferings. Alright, so Philippians chapter 3, starting at verse number 7. It says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dumb, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, be made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might obtain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already obtained, neither were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded and if anything ye be otherwise minded God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless whereunto we have already attained let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren be fathers together of me. And mark them which walk so, as ye have us for an example. So in this passage of Scripture, again, the main pieces here is the understanding that in this preparation and being used by God, we're continuing to be conformed to His image. The image of His Son. That is Jesus the Christ. And as we're being conformed to His image, we must understand we are partakers of His suffering. As it says in verse 10, that I may know Him. And how I'm going to know? I'm going to know the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of our taking of His sufferings and be made conformable unto His death. And so we talked about, so why is suffering necessary? Suffering is necessary in order for us to grow. And if you're not suffering, you're not growing. If you're not suffering, you're not obeying. If you're not suffering, your heart is not changed. 
And so then it said, okay, if this is all about suffering, then what is suffering? And it's very simple what suffering is. Verse 7 calls it out. He says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. So in suffering in this instance, in, in this scripture, is talking about the things you've gained to you, you count it as loss for Christ. So that deals, so suffering deals with the things that you count as loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, my Lord. That means it's things on purpose I'm counting as loss. Again, the things I'm counting as loss are things that I have attained, that I have achieved, you know, that, that have been awarded to me. I, now I'm going to count those things as loss. So that means things that, that are valuable to me, things that I consider important, things that I'm pursuing after, things that I want, things that bring me my self-worth. I count those things as loss. That's why suffering is important. Because I've got to count those things lost. When, when I compare those things to the, to the things of the Lord, to the knowledge of the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, I count that as loss. You know, this world's achievement is nothing compared to the knowledge that's found in the excellency of Christ Jesus. But I'm going to tell you, you've got to get to that point. Right? Because we can say that, we can read the scripture, but your actions show something totally different. So what things were gained to Paul? Because Paul makes this comment right in verse 7. He says, but what things were gained to me, those I count lost for Christ. So what was gained to Paul? Let's look at these earlier passages of scriptures here. Starting in verse, same chapter, starting in verse 5. Let's see Paul's achievements. Paul says, I'm sorry, starting in verse 4. He says, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Why, Paul? He said, I'm circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. These are the things that Paul considered lost for the ecstasy of the knowledge of Christ. But that's what he said he has gained. So here's the thing that, that gets me when I read these passages of Scripture because one thing we have to deal with in this preparation of being used by, by, by God is pride. Pride we have to deal with. And these things you have gained, right? These things that you have accomplished, we can be prideful about it. You know, it's always amazing. You know, you ask somebody what, you know, what they do. You know, you, know, you ask people what they do for a living. People have pride about it. Right? Like they, you know, you graduate from college, they'll tell you I graduated from college. And maybe if you graduate college with honors, you tell them I graduated summa cum laude or magnum cum laude or, or valedictorian or whatever. You know, you have pride about those things. You know, you say it proudly. You know, you're not whispering those things. You know, if you work for a certain firm or a certain location, you may be some law firm and you may partner, whatever that means. You know, you may say, I'm partner now. You know, you're, you're very proud about those things you have gained. But can you count them as loss? And in this time, again, in preparation, we have to deal with pride. See, I have to count things as loss in order to remove pride. i got to deal with pride. Because if my conversation is always about the things that I've gained, then how can God use me? 
Because what's going to happen is now I'm going to start looking at other people and they haven't gained the same things I have gained, I have achieved, and I'm going to look down on them. I'm going to have that judgment factor about you. Right? If you hadn't worked as hard as I did, then I'm thinking, okay, you must be lazy. But I don't see the, I, I, will, I will yet to see the value that God has in your life. Because I, I'm looking at you differently. And we've got to be careful with that, because I'm telling you, because those kind of things creep up in the church, right? Because the first thing people ask you at church is, what's your credentials? You know, you think about like, like, okay, like you up here, Brother Hayson, speaking. What makes you a minister? Who validated you to go up here and speak? Where is your credentials at? Who ordained you? Where is your licenses at? Right, and all those things. And then, and if you don't have it, say, so, well, I, you know, no one ordained me, or I had, I don't have a license. Well, I got a license. But have you heard from God? Did God give you something to say for His people? See, I'm saying, I'm just using that for example. We, we're so quick to try to, you know, gain an advantage and try to leverage things that, because we're proud about it. Because if you, you are licensed, you are ordained. Now I'm going to tell everybody, I'm an ordained licensed minister at Church of Living Water. Yeah, but what does my walk speak? How do I treat others? That means I'm an ordained servant for, God, for, for Christ. That's all you, just a servant. Minister is a nice term for servant. Let me help you out. I'm a slave for Christ. Right? And so those things, you've got to be careful. So it's prideful when we say these things and to look down on people. And when Paul is, is dealing with this, he said, you've got to count those things as loss. And like I said, in this time of us, in the season we're in, prepare to be used by God, we must deal with pride. And pride is one of those unseen works that you must address in your heart. I'm going to tell you, pride is one of those unseen words, right? Because no one wants to admit they're prideful. You know, it's amazing that everybody understands what it means to be prideful. Then what I mean by means, they, they understand it's wrong. Say, so you're just full of pride. No, I'm not. And everybody wants to justify how they're not full of pride. Many people, they're not going to accept you're prideful. No, I'm not. I'm not. Hey, I'm just speaking my mind. You know, I just got it going on like that. I'm, I'm just letting you know what I've accomplished. But for what purpose? Why you got to let everybody know the things that you accomplished? What does it got to do when it comes to ministry? comes to the knowledge and excellency of Christ. How come you can't count those things as lost when it's compared to Christ Jesus and the work he has called you to do? So we're going to look at pride on this evening. Turn to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. We'll just start there just because. 1 John 2. Pretty familiar passage of scripture. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. It says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So we see here that in that past scripture is very clear what is not of the Father. The lust of the flesh is not of the Father. The Father is talking about is of the Father God. Your lust of your flesh is not of the Father God. The lust of your eyes is not of the Father God. The pride of life. The pride of life. Again, the pride means all your accomplishments, all your achievements. Right? Because again, Paul talked about how he was a Hebrew of Hebrew. All the accomplishments and achievements you have. It's not of the Father. See, you got to get these things. What does it mean by not of the Father? 
God's not interested in those things when it comes to his work and his ministry. You are. You know, you went after those things. But God has a particular purpose for you to, to go after. And the pride of life is not one of them. Because you will put God's plan on the back burner while you're going after the pride of life. While you're going after your achievements, your accomplishments. And all of a sudden, God is like, well, what about ministry? And that's always a question that I, I love to ask, especially some of the young adults. I, I love to ask them that. What about ministry? Where, where is, you know, what, what does that mean, what about ministry? Where is ministry at in your priorities? Because I see you going after everything you want. I see you going after, you know, these things, you know, getting, to, getting married and, of course, having children and, and buying these things that you want to have. But what about ministry? What about God's purpose? What about restoring the lost? What about witnessing? Well, I do that in my spare time. No, no, you have to the pride of life. And that's not of the Father. And we've got to be careful because these things, these are the unseen works. It is so subtle. You know, let, let your job tell you you need to start coming in to, to work on Sunday nights or Sunday, you know, you like, okay, and you, it's made, you don't push back at all. And knowing you committed some things, right, in the ministry. But you say, oh, if, you're, if it's mandatory for me to come in on Sunday, how come you can't let them know, hey, look, you know, I, I just can't come in on Sunday. Why? Because I'm, I'm after the things of this world. Again, we understand there's things you need to take care of. That it could be just maybe one weekend out of a, a month or maybe one time. That, we're not talking about those things. I'm talking about, you know, sometimes we sign up for that overtime. We want that money, especially you getting paid for overtime. Some of you not salary employees. You're like, hey. That, that extra, that's time and a half or double time. You know, you all that stuff starts going through your mind because it's a pride of life. And when we compare that to the knowledge of ecstasy of Christ, there is no comparison. The Father God is not in it. See, those are the unseen works. That means if you have an opportunity to go make money on Sunday, would you put off God? See, I'll say, oh, no, I wouldn't. Yeah, we'll tell you, you know, what number? You know, I always say that everybody got a number. What, what number are they going to slide you that you say, I'm going to miss Sunday night. I'm going to miss Wednesday night. I'm going to miss all of Sunday. Especially if they slide you an envelope and then they put a plane ticket on and send you somewhere. Oh, we're going oh, to miss everything. We love to hide behind them going on my business trip. What is a business trip? Right? You know, some job we just say that. We call it a boondoggle. Whatever boondoggle. I mean, this little bit of business and everything is a doggo. Everything else is a doggo. Right? You just, come on now. Stop hiding behind that. My job is sending me this place and that place. Yeah, but, you know, could they send somebody else? Did you sign up? See, that's the unseen thing. Because you like how it, hey, it's easy to say I'm going this place for my work. It's pride. I hope you understand what I'm saying. It's pride. Right? Like I said, especially if they send you somewhere nice. Somewhere, you know, hey, I guess nowadays, you know, with that other thing going on, you don't want to be sent nowhere. Now you stand at home, right, with that virus around. But, but usually in a normal case, you sign up for, hey, you'll be first one signed up. I'll sign up for that conference. I'll sign up to go here. I'll sign up to go international. I always want to travel first class. But at what expense? It's pride of life. You know, I know one time, you know, we used to talk about the, the, the purpose of the male. And, you know, we used to say, like, where, where are a lot of these males at? And, 
And that's something I, I, I know. It's a time when I do travel for business, again, those boondoggles. When I get on the plane, you know how I mostly see on the plane? It's males. It's amazing to me. You wonder where all the males at? They're on the airplane. They're traveling. I see plenty of men on the planes. Not flying the planes. They're on the air and they're on the planes. Right? They got their little tote thing. They, they got their nice suit on or whatever they got on. And I'm like, what? They're all the brothers right here. Can't see them at church, but we can see them on the airplane. Because it's about the pride of life. I'm on a business trip. And you sit down talking, that's all they talk about the business. I'm this, you know, this title, I'm doing this, you know. It's always about what they're doing for the, for the company. It's pride. And for us in ministry, I'm going to tell you, that's, that's unseen work. That's, I'm going to tell you, that's a hard thing to do. That's, that's being partakers of his suffering. Hey, you know, just slow your roll. You know, I wonder how many business trips Jesus went on. Right? I wonder how many trips he, he, him and his dad went with, right? Carpentry work. I wonder how many carpentry business trips they went on. This makes you wonder. If he did, he never talked about it. You know, you, it made you think about these things, right? What did the, what did the Lord Jesus talk about? I mean, when he, he, think about his occupation, the things that he did. Oh, we know he's God, but I'm talking about this. Put aside the God part, the deity part about him. Again, I know he's deity. I'm not saying heresy with these things. But think about his humanity. What did Jesus talk about with his humanity? Did he even bring up those things about him being a carpenter? His skill factor? I wonder, could Jesus even sing? Did he play an instrument? He said, I'm always about the Father's business. Everything was about the Father's business. And here we are. We, we say we're about the Father's business, but we got our business to take care of first. And then we're about the Father's business. That's pride. But to deal with pride. Turn with me to Mark chapter 7. I mentioned Jesus. Let's go ahead and read some of the words of Jesus. Mark chapter 7. See, these things you've got to count as loss. And I, again, I, I understand. I, I, I've been there. I, I, trust me, I'm, like, so I'm, so I'm stuttering. I understand. Because them, them corporate America or whatever America it is, they'll, they'll put it on you. Especially when they think that you're going to make them some money, they're going to put it on you. Right? They'll fly you everywhere, anywhere you want to go. Right? Give you phones and whatever kind of devices so that you be tied to them. Give you a nice title. Maybe give you a few little dollars, extra change, so you can make them money. You know, that's why everybody has all these social media accounts. You know, it's funny, we, we do the social media. I've been waiting on this when we do our next-gen service. I, you know, we talk about <coughs> other social media accounts, but I had not heard people mention even like LinkedIn kind of accounts, right? There's other social media accounts than Facebook and Twitter and whatever else. You know, what about the business side of it? Your professional side. I ain't seen nobody go to that page. Just look at your LinkedIn account. See how many lies you're telling there. How many followers you have there on LinkedIn? Because you're pursuing something. Mark chapter 7. 
starting in verse number 20. Again, we're looking at pride. <clears throat> Mark 7 and 20 says, And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of man, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. So we see in this list, and it's amazing how this list is plural, right? Because it's not just... So let me read again. Verse 20. It says, That which cometh out of the man, that defile the man. From for from within, out of the heart of man, proceed evil thoughts. So he starts with the evil thoughts. comes out of the heart of man. He knows it's not the evil thoughts. It's evil thoughts, plural. It's coming out of your heart. Adulteries. Plural. You know, these unseen work, right? you got to deal with adultery where? In your heart. You know, these dare say these things. Some of you have committed adultery plenty of times in your heart. You don't see yourself with another woman or another male that's not your wife or not your husband. In your heart. Adulteries. Fornications. Murders. How many people you don't kill in your heart? You don't take in their life. Or say it differently. You don't talk about them and, and turn down their character. Thefts. You mean you stole from people? Covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye. You know, some people just look at you funny. You gave me a funny look. How about giving you an evil look? What is, I mean, you think, well, what is an evil eye? It's not like a movie, right? An evil eye. How does someone look at you evil? That means they don't plan to do you no good. An evil eye is looking for ways to get over on you, take advantage of you. And that's coming from your, their heart. And it's amazing because these things, they say, Jesus said, this is from within your heart. An evil eye. Blasphemy, and then he gets into pride. So that means, coming from this list, that means pride comes out of the heart. It comes out of the heart, and that pride is one of these evil things from your heart. That's why you have to do the unseen work. You have to address your heart when it comes to pride. It's evil. And it's coming out of your heart. You know, and I'm going to tell you, God is showing us, you know, it's amazing. That, it's amazing to me the message that we've heard and continue to hear in this ministry. God, I'm getting, God is setting things up for us. He's, I mean, why am I setting things up? He's putting us in preparation position to minister to certain people that are coming our way. Why am I certain people are coming our way that we're not used to ministering to? God's preparing us for that. And it's things in your heart He's got to address to get you in preparation to minister to those people. And some of them are those people who are right here in the ministry. Because all the time we think about, we think about somebody coming from the outside in. There's people in this ministry that are hurting. That need restored. 
I mean real hurts that they may not even confide in you about because you're on that pride thing. Because every time they talk to you, you're at such a level. And we're not even talking about, you know, you know how some people got like spiritual pride, you know, people are like never, nothing ever go wrong with them. Like nothing's ever, I'm always good. You know, every, every time I say, how you doing? Oh, praise the Lord. Really? Is it praise the Lord every time I say hi to you? Right? Blessed and highly favored. You know, all these religious comments. You have to understand, that can turn people. You know, did Jesus say that when they said hi to him? Because, I mean, so not, these things is, is just, you can turn people off by your religious conversation. Where, where the realness is that? Because I'm going to tell you, I know you ain't saying it at work. When they ask you how you're doing at work, you're like, you ain't, I know you're not saying, I'm blessed. And I know you ain't got that on your email salutation, right? When you send out all your emails out. I'm blessed and highly favored. Praise the Lord. Because then we have HR talking to you like, no, you're here to work. But I mean, it's just amazing how we have this attitude we have when we are, we're around others, you know, trying to, we act like we're such a, such a level. We're such above certain things. That's pride. That's evil. You know, and we we heard these things in the ministry, right? We all have faults. Everybody, like I said, from the pulpit on down, we all have faults. We all have things we're dealing with. Again, no one's saying you go up there and express those things, because then you ain't talking about you put on that that spiritual con either, a Christian con either, to try to get something. We're not saying that either. We're not looking for pity. But why you act like you just nothing's wrong with you? you no, know, you start coughing. I'm not sick. You know, that, I mean, all that silly stuff. But see, other people are like, you know, they won't even approach you because they're like, I can't talk to them. They're not real. How can I bring, how can I bring up my issues to them when they act like they don't even have no issues? That's prideful. That's the unseen work in our heart. Can you just take your guard down just a little bit so you can receive from others? And then once they tell you, how are you going to respond? Sorry, don't get quiet now. So pride comes out of the heart. Pride is the evil things of your heart. So I mentioned pride. Let me go ahead and define pride. Here's a definition of pride for you. A feeling or deep pleasure or satisfaction Derived from one's own achievement, one's own qualities, one's own possessions that are widely admired. Again, pride. A feeling or deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievement one own qualities, one own possessions that are widely admired. So when you have the, you feeling pride about things that you have achieved, qualities that you have, things you have, possessions you have, that you feel like are widely admired, that's prideful. And you get satisfaction with that. Again, you can tell people we're proud about. Because they tell you about it. And here's the thing. What about the things of God? 
See, you just said, well, I can't say that I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored, but you ain't saying that because you're proud about your Christian walk. You're saying that because you're trying like you're religious. That's a whole different ballgame. Well, how can, how can I show that I'm proud about being a Christian, a uh, follow Jesus Christ? How do I show that in my walk? Humble. Follow after Christ. Look at his example. His, you know what Christ said? He went to the sinner. How many sinners you talk to? Again, not about their sin and what they did, but talking about being restored to win them. Remember Paul talked about, I just want to know him. Just to win, I want to win him. I want to win Christ. How many, how many people are you winning for Christ? How many people are you witnessing the gospel? Tell them about Jesus and what he has done. Not about you. See, that's pride. You find deep pleasures and satisfaction in things you have achieved. Things you possess. And again, when I'm saying these things, again, I want you this balance here, right? Don't get caught up in, you know, you need to have goals. You know, you're just, oh, I'm just out here doing whatever. No, anybody's out there is doing whatever. You need to have goals. You know, you, like I said, college is a good thing. You need to go graduate. You need to have a job. You need to work. Because guess what? If you don't work, you don't need to be eating. Right? That's scripture. Right? Work. Your work is as unto the Lord. Whatever job you have, be faithful in that work and, and do it as unto God. Nothing wrong with this thing, but what are you, what's in your heart that you consider your achievements and you're, you're satisfied about? What, what derives your own self-worth? That's what we're talking about here. And you know. You know, when you get out of this setting, you start talking about those things that are important to you. Right? You would know. You know, because here's the thing. Like somebody, I want to, in, in this room, I want people to know what you do for a living. You have to make sure everybody knows what you do for a living. Does that matter that we need to know what you do for a living? I'm serious. Does it matter what you do, what you do for a living? Outside of this. But you got to let people know that. Now, if it comes up in the proper context, and I understand that you tell them, okay, I do this for a living because maybe something with the ministry that you can provide guidance to. I mean, it's in the right context, I understand, but, but you advertise. That's prideful. Are you going to let people know, I, I do this for a living? I do that for a living? I'm at this level on my job. And where are you on your job? And then, like I say, then you have others that are, have not achieved the common you achieved. And they're feeling less valued. But in God's eye, they're not less valued. Then why are they less valued in your eyes? It's pride. You have to address your pride in order to be used by God. And I'm telling you, this is the time span, the season, to address your pride. Now turn with me to Proverbs chapter 16. Again, dealing with pride. Proverbs chapter 16. <clears throat> Proverbs 16. Look at verse... Verse number 5. Proverbs 16 and 5, it says, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Thou hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. Now, I mean, it's really clear here, right, when he says everyone. 
that is proud in heart. Again, we say pride and it comes out of the heart. If you have proud in your heart, it's an abomination to the Lord. An abomination is something that God detests. You know, one of the abominations God talks about is like homosexuality. You know, th- th- you want to do that kind of comparison, right? For some of you who want to get real religious and talk about the, how, how bad it is. That, that's how he looks at these things. It's an abomination to the Lord. You got proud, you're proud in your heart. Now, it's interesting because we say pride and you're proud. And, and again, you, you look at these two words and it's like, and they are the same, but it's just proud is, is your acts of a prideful heart. So you, if you're saying I'm a proud person, you're talking about the acts of a prideful heart. It's the acts that go along with it. Because that's interesting when people say oh, they're acting, they got proud, they're proud. They're going to let you know the acts that go along with that prideful heart. It's the acts. And that makes you proud. Right? You know, and, and that's what I mean about things that have gained to you. And we looked at the flip. you got to count those things as loss. So when, you have proud, when you're proud in your heart, when you have a prideful heart, one of the characteristics that we can see is, is it's hard for you to submit to authority. Somebody that's prideful, somebody that's proud, it's hard to submit to authority. Why? Because they have a sense of a superiority complex. You are superior than others. You are the one superior. So, of course, you're the one superior. Then why are you submitting to others? Guess what? They need to be submitting to you. That's the attitude that you have. You can look at it. People that have an issue with authority, they got an issue with pride in their heart. There's a a sense of superiority, superiority in you. It's a complex. You know, like, like, you know, I heard this more like, you always right. You know, you're never wrong. And then when you are wrong, you justify it. No, you're just wrong. That's prideful. And that's what pride will do. Pride will cause you to justify your wrongness. Justify your bondage. That is pride. That's pride. Why can't you just say you're wrong? How come you can't say you just missed it? That's pride. Pride won't allow you to say you're wrong. It's coming out. That's the evil thing. Pride will say, you're going to twist it and, and turn it, you're going to spin it the way you can just to go back and say, I wasn't wrong. And you know, one way we do when we're prideful like that and spin it is we look at others. Right? We're going to start saying, well, I'm not as bad as somebody else, but you're still bad. Why are you comparing the badness when you both are bad? Because that's prideful. You don't want people to look at you bad, but you want somebody to look at somebody else. Right? Because you're proud. You know, you see that, of course, with siblings, right, and children. There's always the good child and then there's the bad child. Right, which one are you, right? And your parents, like, both of y'all was bad. Well, uh, my, my brother got more spankings than I got. But you, but you got, you see, he got more spankings than I got. I got. You got spankings. That means you were bad, too. Well, I wasn't bad as he was, but you were bad. That's pride. You won't admit that you were bad. See, foolishness is bound in the heart of the child. The rod of correction should drive it out. That's every child. There's nothing good about you. See, that's, that's prideful. We think we're so good. And then when somebody, when somebody calls out your badness, you're mad. Like, what about all the things I do good? But, this, but I'm not talking about your good. I'm talking about the things you need to correct. And that's what I love about God. God is always showing you the mirror to correct you. 
Because again, we got to be conformed to the image of His Son. Again, that's going back to what we said before about being partakers of His suffering. You got to count those things as loss. You got to see yourself for who you are. You're not that good. I know you think you are, but you're not. There's many areas that we can improve on. Many areas that we have missed God. Many areas that God's preparing us for. And that doesn't mean you condemn those things. That means you step forward and, and move towards cor- making correction. Because we don't get on that, that bandwagon either, right? Well I'm, this, well, I'm this so bad. How can God use somebody, you know, a pity party? Can God use somebody as bad as me? So that's just being prideful there. Because you still won't admit that you... Right? Because you're going to hide behind that. They're going to be used, you know, because some people hide behind a lot of things before they can go and step in, before they put forth effort. Right? In other words, I'm not going to put the effort in because you already said I'm bad. You know, that's going to make things worse. Put the effort in. At least try to correct some things. See, it's pride. So again, person that's prideful in their heart, again, they, they have an issue with authority. Now, pride is sin. You know, we're talking about what is pride, right? It comes out of, out of your heart. It's an evil thing. It's acts of, a, again, the, being proud means acts of a prideful heart. Being proud or prideful, you, you have an issue with authority. And pride is sin. Let me say that. Pride is sin. Look at this in Proverbs 21. Proverbs 21. Verse 4. Proverbs 21 verse 4 says, And a high look, and a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked is sin. So, a proud heart that you have is sin. So that means, if it's sin, then I've got to bring forth correction. If I've, if I've committed a sin, I've got to repent. Any sin that I've committed... I committed towards God. I have to repent. I have to turn away from it. And again, these are the unseen works. These are the hard works. These are things that are difficult to deal with. Because I'm telling you, there's, all, there's areas in all of our lives that we are proud about. That we won't suffer loss or we won't count it as loss. And I mentioned these in the previous teaching about suffering. You know, suffer, when you suffer, when you go through suffering, it is painful. If you suffer something that's not painful, then that's not suffering. And there's areas that you have to deal with in your heart around pride that is painful. And people still press your butt. But it's sin. You know, this, you know there's certain achievements you, you think about. Maybe, maybe you had certain achievements as a child that you always wanted to get to. And then you get to that achievement. You actually achieve it. And now that becomes your, your crowning jewel. Right? And every time you can, you kind of just put it out there and let people know. You know, I actually achieved that. And you, you, you hear it, you, it comes out. Because, I'm going to say, things you're proud about, I mean, it's amazing. People's whole disposition change when they talk about things they're proud about. You can't even hide it. You're proud. Right? Until it goes sour on you, Right? <clears throat> you know, for instance, right? You know, you, you get to a place where, you know, you know, I'll just use this for an example. You know, 
Back in the day, we used to call them the trophy girls, you know, trophy wife, right? You know, this girl you were going after for so long, right? And then you finally get to a place where, you know, she yields and you actually marry, you marry the trophy wife. Right? And then you're proud of that. Right? Look who I married. Look what I accomplished. You know, like you really did something. Like she had nothing to do with it. But you know, you, you, you're proud of that. Right? Until it goes sour on you. Now you got much to say about it. But see, that, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, we all have those issues. Again, I'm using that for example because we, there's things in our life that we pursued after, we went after, and we actually achieved it. Like some of y'all just, just wanted to get married. And guess what? You got married. Right? Like I said, I'm married now. Right? You was proud about it. You just flashing your little ring. I'm married. Look at me. I'm married and you're not. That's what you do that. You always, you all like to show people that ain't married. I'm married and you're not. They're like, but I don't want that marriage you got. See, that's prideful. You throw it out there. You know, it's interesting. You know, why you got to tell everybody you married like that? You know what I mean, right? I mean, you ain't trying to cover up nothing, but you know, some people just, we didn't even ask you that. But you got to let everybody know. And when it's time to let people know your, your marital status, you ain't saying nothing about it. I mean, you sliding that ring off or whatever you're doing. You know, it's, it's, it, but anyway, you're proud about these things. So I'm trying to help you understand with it because from the outside looking in, it's like, oh, everybody looks good. Everybody got it going on. There's no areas in their life they're proud about. You know, we all say the right things at the right time. Please. There's things in your heart that you are prideful about. Things that you have accomplished. And again, you give your props. You accomplished it. But it's sin for you. Because you're holding that thing above Christ Jesus. What I mean above Christ Jesus is the knowledge of the excellency of Him. In other words, what you have accomplished carries more weight to you than the knowledge that is in Christ Jesus. You're not after, after His knowledge. You're after those things that you can achieve. That's prideful. And when it comes to pride, like I said, it's sin. Repent. Pride, like I said before, it justifies itself. And pride won't allow you to change. You get that right. Pride won't allow you to change. Why won't pride allow me to change? Because you're never wrong. If pride would never let you see you're wrong, then why would you ever have a need to change? Everybody else got to change. Now you just made yourself God. And here's an interesting thing about pride, you know, and again, reading about some things about pride and hearing, you know, a lot of times in a lot of uh, commentaries, they compare pride and, and one of the main characters being prideful was Satan because he compared himself to the almighty God and he fell. His pride would allow him to change. He talked about what I'm going to do and I'm going to exalt myself over the most high. You got to a place where now you look at yourself in the same category, the same level as God. And again, I'm saying some of y'all, you say, well, I'm not, I don't have that kind of, kind of mentality. Well, you act like you do. Because when you put judgments on people about who you're going to minister to, you just, you just act like you're God. You're telling God who you're going to talk to and who you're not. 
you know, people talk about Jonah, how Jonah ran from his call. Jonah didn't run from no call. Jonah just didn't want to talk to them folks at Nineveh. Jonah, Jonah had an issue with them folks at Nineveh. And we all got some issue with certain people. But God like, I don't care. God said, I want to restore them. God, and Jonah's like, those people? God, you know how bad they are. Why do you want to restore those people? God like, because I'm God. I'm love. I got kindness and compassion. The same way I show to you, Jonah, I want to show to them. And that's how we are. We want to pick and choose who we want to minister to. That is pride. You put yourself on the level of God. So pride won't allow you to change. Pride won't allow you to move forward. Because again, if nothing wrong with you, what you got to go forward for? You can stay right where you're at. And you see people in pride, you know, they... It's like they hadn't grown at all. They're, they're stagnant. They're right where they always was. Especially in that certain area. They have not grown. You know, here you are, you know, you, you know, I think about myself, you know, I graduated high school in 1984. So, you know, I'm getting into many years beyond high school. And then you come by and my, my place, whatever, and I still got all my trophies out or whatever I did in high school and I'm still t- running the videotape or the, you know, whatever, eight tracks or whatever it was back then and showing you all my plays. I mean, come on. They can't even see the little... He said, that's you there. That's me running. They, they don't even care. But you're showing all the highlights. And you're 40 years removed from that. But you're still there. You still got your letterman jacket up there, still in the case. The patch on it. Still got your yearbook. Look who signed here. And all. Come on. All that silly... I'm, it's It's pride. So you ain't moved from that? You're still living in high school. That's prideful. And I'm using that from a God perspective, but you see the girls like that too. The women, they have that. There. Women can be prideful as well. Again, prideful and being proud is not just limited to the man now. Women can be very prideful about things. Still holding on to things. Let it go. You know, thank God you got married, but you know, you wore that dress one time, let that dress go. Why, why, why that wet dress still sitting in the closet? Baby, you will never put that dress on again. Never. Even if you get to the same size it was back then, it ain't gonna look like you was when you got married. Think about this as being married, right? You're a bride once. You're not a bride anymore, you're a, you're a married woman. <laughs> then why you still got a wedding dress? Holding on to it, showing off. Folks come by, here's my wedding dress. You've been married 30 years. You got, okay. That's beautiful. All that white wedding. I, I understand it's beautiful. But have we moved on since that time you got married? We're still holding on to our wedding. But you've been married for excellent. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that's pride. Because that, that moment in time you was very proud of. You got other people on the other side, they, they, they're not so proud of their wedding. They're ashamed of their wedding. They're like, yeah, we got married, but we ain't going to show you no pictures. We ain't going to show you the video. We they like, no. But other folks, they're very proud of their wedding. I'm saying, it comes out what you're very proud of. That's my whole point in saying, it shows what you're proud of. And we're not even talking about our children. You know now, that's amazing. We can be very proudful, obnoxious sometimes about our children. About the accolades they have. Oh, come here and look at my boy. There he is again. But when it comes to things of God, we won't even show up. 
you know, I tell you the true thing that I always amazed. The true thing blesses me, and I, is you know, for me personally, when it comes to my children, it's all about ministry. It really is. All the other stuff, you better handle your business, bro. All the other things you're doing outside of ministry is your business to handle that you need to handle to handle your bills because I ain't paying your bills. So yeah, you need to work because you got bills to pay. That's your business. But ministry, we're pushing you towards that. Making sure you're there. Wherever God has placed you at, that's where you need to be at. It's ministry. Right? And again, I don't need a special Easter program to go see my, you know, people show up for Easter, watch their children do this Easter quotes or Easter plays or whatever. Like, come on now, what is that? Can we support our children just when they're doing things in ministry, regardless if it's a special occasion? See, that's pride. Because if they're doing something else in the school or something else, you, you're, all, you're there for that. You know, again, I, I just, like I said, I just talk with my children because I just bring these things out. You know, like I said, my oh, uh, youngest son, Mark, was in the band for, I don't know, four years. And we, we, didn't, we went to every band, every game, right? Watched them play, play the same song, every game. Right? And there were the band parents right there. And we clapped for the same song every game. But we was there. Four years. And they're so excited about it. And we were right there. And all the other band parents are right there. You know, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I can't wait until this is over. And my, I'm going to tell you, my mindset was, yeah, you playing them drums there, but my thing about... Boy, I, I got plans for you in ministry. I want you to be here in the, in the ministry playing drums. And whatever else God has you to do. I'm not saying you limited this playing drums, but that was my goal. If the school can teach, because I'm not a drummer, so if the school can teach you how to play drums and you can do it in the ministry, just go for it. That was my mindset. So for four years, I put up with all that band, and they was just, But I was so glad when that was over. And I'm looking at I'm like, now you're still playing the drums. And guess what? Dad still shows up to see you play the drums in ministry. Again, I'm just using that for example. I'm just, it just, you know, that's why I'm, the whole point is it's, it's amazing how we want to support. You know, like my whole point is saying is like, you know, I can show up when he's at school doing that. But when he's at church, I, don't, I can't make every service to see him play the drums. But I'm telling you, at school, we made every game to see him play. At least at church, he playing different songs. I mean, at school, we play this. But we don't support our children like that. So what we're doing, we're showing them what's important. And the things of this world is important versus the things in the ministry, that's, that's in your spare time. So that ministers to me. It blesses me. That, that's what touches my heart. And again, it's not just my son, it's just seeing the other children in this ministry. That, you know, every service, they're ministering. From the youth to the young adult, it, that blesses me. Because I've seen them in the, in the world ministering for their activities. And I just look around like, where are their parents at? Why do parents want to support them in ministry? Like they support them in the world.
you just wonder about, you know, hey, that's why even when I, I talk to my, when I talk to my mother, I, I always mention this, you know, I say, Mom, you know, Mark's playing the drums in the church. You know, I, I'll mention things to her, you know, things I mention to her about my children. It's about ministry. Not all that silly stuff. About ministry. And you know how I said them old folks, you know, they ask you, like, what they doing in church? They'll let it, hey, they want to know. Because they're an awful, they know that whatever the other stuff don't mean nothing. You tell them all that singing you're doing and cutting albums. What are you doing in church? Can you rap for Jesus? Well, like I said, they're doing trap rap now, whatever they call it now. Whatever that trap beat doing, can you tell them do some trap beat for the Lord? Is that Can you make it holy at all? Because you're making everything else holy in your mind, right? But can you do something for the Lord? That's the whole point. First, you're doing everything for the world. And I'm, I'm just saying that, so parents, be, be mindful of these things, right? Because it is so important for you to support your children in ministry. Get that, support your children in ministry. Whether they're grown children or, they, or they're young adults or they're, or they're teenagers, support them. That's how we get on those things. It's amazing. Ban. <laughs> Got to move forward. <laughs> So pride won't allow you to move forward. Pride won't allow you to admit you're wrong. Pride in your heart deceives you that you are fine and don't need to change. Again, that's pride that's in your heart that has you in a place of deception. Right? That you're fine, that you don't need to change. Now here's a verse for you. Find Obadiah. The book of Obadiah. I'll give you a few minutes. It's near Amos. Obadiah chapter 1. Pride. Obadiah chapter 1. I hear some pages still turning. There's only one chapter in the book. So Obadiah 1. <clears throat> Look at this in verse number 3. It says, The pride of thy heart hath deceived thee. Thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, Who shall bring me down to the ground? So again, it's talking about the pride in thy heart hath deceived thee. So pride in your heart, again, again, we talk about pride comes from your heart, it will bring for a place of, of deception. It deceives you that you're right, that you don't need to change. That's pride. You know, we have pride in your heart, probably the, uh, 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 part of the deception that comes with pride in your heart, it won't allow you to forgive. That's pride. When you won't forgive somebody from your heart, that's, that's pride. You've been deceived. You know, you, again, I'm... You're still holding on to things that you should have been let go. You have to forgive. But you do not forgive. That is pride that's in your heart. Now go back to Proverbs. Go back to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs 11. Verse 
Look at this in verse number. Let's see what this verse is. I think it's two. Proverbs eleven. Talk about pride. <clears throat> Verse 1 in Proverbs 11 says, A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with lowly is wisdom. So it says, When pride, when pride cometh, then cometh shame. It's amazing how when pride comes, it says, Then comes shame. How is shame associated with pride? Pride exposes areas in your life that you're ashamed about. Right? Because again, it's things that you have accomplished, things that you have achieved, but again, it's things that you won't let go. Again, I'm, again I mentioned the things before about you holding on to things for years and years, and long, you know, things that you feel proud about. There's a little shame associated. When people look at you a little cross-eyed, like I said, you start acting like you have, you're still living in, in high school days, or you're still associated with things that, that you should have been moved on for. There's shame associated with that. You know, we hide behind things that we're prideful of. It comes shame. We're ashamed to admit some things. Because I'm going to tell you, when it comes to pride, I, I said it before, people, you tell people they're prideful about things, they will argue down, I'm, I'm not prideful. I'm not proud of that. Right? And there's things in our life that we're not proud of. But there's things, certain things in our life we are proud of. But, we're, but we are ashamed to say we're proud of it. I think you're missing it. There's things in our life that we are proud of, but there's things in our life that we are ashamed to say that we're actually proud of that. That that thing has, that thing has captured our heart. You know, we're putting our, ourselves on a pedestal above others. We, hey, we're ashamed to tell people that. You know, like I said before, we're ashamed to tell people, you know, I really look down at you because you never graduated from college and I did. See, that's shame. You don't want to tell people that, but that's how you act. That's, that's the true you. That's how you treat people. That you really put them down because they have not graduated college like you have. Or whatever, you, whatever thing is you have achieved. You know, my folks, we live on the west side, not the east side. All you east side folks, I look down on y'all. See, you don't tell people that, but you, hey, you turn your nose up to them. So where you stay at again? East of 35? Okay. You say, I'm not going visiting them. I don't go on the east side. It's still safe to be over there? You know, all that stuff, that's prideful. You ain't... You don't even mention those things. Shame associated with that. Get the wrong attitudes. And then one of the main passages when it talks about pride, it says, pride goes before destruction. All right? And look at this in Proverbs 16. Go back to Proverbs 16. <clears throat> Verse 18. It says, pride goeth before destruction. And in a haughty spirit before a fall. So that pride you have, that again, that feeling of self-satisfaction, self-worth, your own possessions that someone else is admiring, right? That goes before destruction because you won't change, right? It's, someone, it's like you're heading towards the wrong path. You know, the ways are uh, seeming right before for a man, but the ways are of destruction. You know, you you seem that the way you're going is right to you, but it's really destruction. But pride won't allow you to turn. I mean, it's sad to see people in, this, in these cases. You see, they are, they are stuck in their pride. They will not turn. You know, we were, we were talking to the, uh, the next-gen folks and talking to them about 
some of the individuals that are no longer here in this ministry that are considered young adults still. And a lot of the conversations come up is like, well, a lot of them, you know, they feel ashamed about coming back. Because they've been gone so long. And for a lot of these cases, some of these young adults, some of these people here don't even know them. Don't even know them. And, I mean, I'm not saying don't even know. Don't even know them. But they're ashamed to come back. And it's pride. Pride won't allow them to come back. Even though they know they, can, they should come back, they won't do it. And it's kept, keep on heading towards destruction. But that doesn't stop God from still going after them. And that's why we're still going after them. We, want to head, we don't want you to head towards destruction. We're not here condemning you. God loves you. We want to make sure you see the error of your ways. Like we've seen, seen error in our ways. And you can turn from it. You have to turn and come. And that's why we've been teaching and talking in this ministry about how to receive those that may have left this ministry for whatever reason. We've got to know how to receive them. It's all out of love. If you're not government motivated by love, then hey, best for you not to say nothing. Just go and turn your nose up and deal with it and you're prideful. Get in your car and talk about who came today and can't believe they showed up after all that. You know, you go ahead and have all those conversations. That's prideful. But others that know how to receive them, just show them, hey, we love you. Good to see you. Because a lot of them, they, in their hearts, they're, they're stuck there. And for whatever reason, there's hurts there, there's pains. I mean, there's real legitimate things that have went on in their life over a period of time. And they, it's like for them to turn away from that, it's just hard for them to do that. But we got to be there for them still. we got to be, a, again, this has got to be a safe place to receive them. And that starts with each and every one of us. And like I said, we know everybody is not there. But we have to address this in our heart when it comes to pride. So how do we deal with pride? Turn to Jeremiah 13. Jeremiah 13. <clears throat> how do we deal with pride? <clears throat> Jeremiah 13. Look at verse 15. It says, <clears throat> Jeremiah 13, verse 15, Hear ye, and give ear. Be not proud, for the Lord hath spoken. Give glory to the Lord, your God, before he cause darkness and before your feet stumble upon the dark mountains. And while ye yet look for light, he turn it into the shadow of death and make it gross in darkness. But if ye will not hear it, my soul shall weep in secret places for your pride. And my eyes shall weep sore and run down with tears because the Lord's flock is carried away captive. Again, verse 16. Give glory to the Lord your God. So what, is, what does it mean by give glory to the Lord your God? Again, it says, be not, verse 15 says, be not proud, but give glory to the Lord your God. Glory is the manifestation of God's goodness. And how I'm going to deal with pride is I'm going to give glory to God. I'm going to make sure I'm, I give, give God the glory. If I'm giving God the glory, that means I'm not giving myself the glory. I'm not all about me and what I've done. 
again, we talk about reaching the lost. We talk about ministering to those that, that, that we come in contact with. If, if we, we minister to them and they come to receive the Lord, and it's got nothing to do with me. I, you ain't got to say nothing about it. Look at what I did. No, look what God did. See, that deals with pride. It's not about my accolades. Again, we talk about people that have graduated college. And I'm going to tell you if, you, if you're a graduate from college, you need to thank God. Because I'm going to tell you if, you, if you really think back to those years you were in school, it was God that brought you through. If you think about it now, I know, I know you haven't been so long away from it, but if you can go back to those years you was in school, you, there was many times you remember, like, I, I should never pass that class. I ain't talking about made A's in class. I shouldn't even pass that class. You don't got the wrong teacher that you can't get withdrawn. Anyway, there's times and a period of you in this school that you know it's only God that got you through. But now you, you know, you're on the other side. Are you bragging about it? I got my degree. Yeah, but but God, God showed up several times while you was in in college that you may not even know. Give God glory. That's how you deal with pride. Stop taking credit for the things God has done in your life. And we ain't going to talk about your job. Right? Because everybody think, oh, you know, I, I'm a, I qualify for the job. That's why I got this. I worked hard to get that job. But, you know, people work just as hard as you did, but they didn't get the same job you got. Some of you got better degrees than you have, better GPAs than you got, better, but they didn't get the same job you have. And then once you get the job, how come some people got promoted and, and some people did because you're talking about all the titles that you have in your job. Why they promoted you? I'm a better worker than everybody else. Really? Nobody works as I do. But really? You got nothing to do with God, huh? See, I'm saying we take God out of all. Give God the glory. That's how it deals with that pride. Stop taking what belongs to him, taking credit for things that God has done in your life. It belongs to him. I give God the glory. God, again, the glory is a manifestation of his goodness. God has been so good to us. Give him the glory. Again, I made up that, I made up that example. Talk about the example of that trophy wife. You know, give God the glory because trust me, it wouldn't matter how good you were. That trophy wife, some kind of way, God turned her heart to turn towards you. Even though now, like I said, her heart may have turned the other direction. But at least one time, she turned towards you. Looked your way. Just so happened, you caught her eye. Maybe that was God. Give God glory. What what you had on. It's God. Give God glory. You know, I'm telling you, I think about these things so many, you know, you... You, you think about your life. You think about even how we are here together now. And why we're here together, in, in all assembly together. We come from all come from different walks of life, different parents, different neighborhoods, different cities, states. But we're all here now. And you think about one decision that your, your parents could have made. You would not be in this place right now. One decision. I, I'm, talking one, I'm talking about like a minor decision. I come on major decision. Your, your parents could have decided to move just across the town, across the neighborhood, you know, one, two doors down, another house, and you would never came encounter with someone else. And we think all these chances, you know, we think everything was, was happening by chance. No, God was orchestrating it all. That's how God has orchestrated it all to get you where you are right here and now. And we won't give him any glory. 
your life has been orchestrated for a point of time to be used by God. Give Him the glory. See, for me personally, I realize these things. I understand why God was all you. There's no way you could align those things. And that's again, when you start talking, go back and talk to your grandmother and your great-grandmother. Listen to their conversations. Because they'll let you know, this time when they, they thought their life would have ended in, in, in the, you know, the years and in the, in the season of the, of the country they was in at that time, a lot of them folks didn't make it. A lot of folks end up dead, gone. They had siblings that were, I mean, there's so many things to think about. A lot of folks died in hospitals. And here we are now, we won't even take a vaccination, and folks was dying and we're wishing they can get a vaccine. I'm telling you, at least we take a lot of things for granted, and we, and we put pride behind like it's something we did. It's nothing you've done. It's God. It's the goodness of God. That's how you deal with pride. That's how you stay humble. I give God glory. So that's something you got to do every single day. Is give God glory for His goodness. We're in Jeremiah. Turn to Jeremiah 9. I'm going to end with this. Wow, that time went somewhere. Jeremiah 9. I knew I shouldn't talk about that band. That's my, you know, Jeremiah 9, go, verse 23. <clears throat> Thus saith the Lord. Jeremiah 9, verse 23. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. And you hear what God is saying here? Now, he called, it says in verse 23, let not the wise. He's saying you're wise, but you shouldn't glory in your wisdom. He's giving you credit. Yeah, you're wise, but don't glory in your wisdom. Right? Neither let the mighty man, I mean, you've been mighty. That means you, you, you did some mighty things. You, you accomplished some battles. You won some wars. Right? You did mighty feats. But he said, don't glory in your might. And let not the rich man. Here we go. Right? Those have achieved some little money, some little pocket chains. Don't glory in your riches, but let him glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth who? Me. Who is it me? The Lord. See, my glory is in who is in Christ Jesus, who I know him. Again, going back to what we saw in Philippians, right? Just the knowledge of the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's where I get my glory. That's why I, that's why I boast about. And that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. That's what God has for you in the earth. That's what the Lord has for you in the earth, right? It's loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness. Even when you don't even deserve it. He brings it to you. Glory in that. That's how you deal with your prideful heart. Is I'm a glory in the loving kindness and judgment and righteousness of the Lord. That's already here in the earth. 
And, and even if you didn't know it, you already tapped into it. And God has already given it to you. You have yet to give Him glory for it. Come out of pride. Deal with the unseen work when it comes to your heart about pride. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.